to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. The message this morning, I want to strongly encourage you, if you weren't here last week, to go back, listen to the last message, um, because we are, we're in the middle of a series right now, and it's, it's specifically targeted towards our our members. So if you are a member of this of this body, um, please go back. If you weren't here last week, listen. You can do that by subscribing to the Primera podcast. Each week we have our messages there, and um, I, don't, I don't want you to miss a single piece of it. Amen. We had a we had a great time last week during our altar time. We did something a little bit different. We came up, every single one of us. We joined hands and we just began praying for the person next to us. Not even knowing what they're going through, but we know that God knows. And um, that's, that's, that's what we are, and that's, that's what we do. We are a family. We are eternally bound to the same source. So we might as well love each other, right? We might as well have peace with one another. Um, that, that's the culture that I believe every church needs to adopt. Remember, it's not about a church culture. It's, it's about a Jesus culture. And I believe that God desires unity in the body of Christ. Amen. Let's go ahead and let's go to scripture today. Acts chapter 2. We're going to be reading from verses 40 through 47. It's a very famous uh, chapter, especially in the New Testament. It's known for the formation of the early church after the apostles received uh, power from the Holy Spirit. Peter is seen preaching uh, to the multitudes and 3,000 get saved that day. That's awesome, isn't that? I mean, imagine going to a church service and 3,000 people dedicate their lives to Christ. All right, and it says this. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and at the, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. Don't you, doesn't that sound like such an awesome community to be a part of? Like, I want to be a part of that community. And, and today, I, I've entitled today's message, uh, The Acts 2 Model, because we're going to be looking at the early church. They are the prime example for what a church should look like. And so if there's any church that we should be looking at, it's good to, to see what other churches are doing. And, and I like to talk to different pastors and see what they're doing, what works for them. But before anything else, what worked for the early church? What worked for the church that, that began to spread like wildfire? The church that we see the apostles founding because of Jesus Christ. That's the church that we need to model. And, and remember, this entire series, it's, us, it's just us getting back to the basics. right? It's entitled uh, Member, the, our series. Last week, we spoke about uh, who we are as a church. And today, it's even more fundamental than that. Today's message basically preaches on the importance of being at church and, and creating a community that people want to be a part of. Did you know that you can't really be the church if you don't go to church? <laughs> 
And, and there's a difference there from simply going to church, like out of habit and tradition. I've never really been a big, big fan of that because I've seen too many kids my, my own age grow up and, and leave the church because they're nev- their parents never explained to them the importance of why they needed to be there. It was just get up, get dressed, we're going to church. And, and maybe, maybe that worked for, for some people, right? It, it got them there. <laughs> uh, but I believe if you truly are in love with God, you have a relationship with God, and you consider yourself an integral part of this body, it's not because you were forced to go to church. It's because somewhere along the way, you had an encounter with God that made you thirst more for him. And so now you keep coming back week after week because you know that your soul needs replenishing. That's why. It's not because someone dragged you to church. Maybe that helped you have the encounter with God, but it's because you truly want to be there. You truly want to be a part of of what's going on and what God is doing. And, uh, you know, my my generation, which I think is most of us here, right? Um, I I was reading some statistics, and and I I found out that um, our generation, my generation, we're a lot less traditional than the, the generations before us, right? Uh, the generation before me, they got up every Sunday and, and they went to church and they did that for like 70, 80 years. They never missed a beat. And like, I look at our Spanish congregation and I know Sunday after Sunday, who's going to be there. They, 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 have, they have a little bit, maybe a little bit less, like on a good Sunday when, every, when all of us show up at the same time, we have pretty strong numbers. But every week I can... I can count on the same people in the Spanish service because they're, they're a little bit older. They grew up kind of uh, traditional. Hey, I'm, I'm going to go to church because this is, this is what we do. And, and, and I learned that our generation, we don't, we're not very traditional anymore. We're kind of leaving tradition behind. And so we're, we're responding to different things. We respond to uh, relationship. This is what this study said. Relationship, uh, community, and authenticity. Now, tradition can and has led to those things, Right? But the days um, of people just going to church just because it's Sunday, they're far, they're far behind us. So what do we need? We need to go back to the Acts chapter 2 model of the church. And what does that look like? What does that community look like? That's what I want to talk about this morning. I don't know if any of you have ever been a part of CrossFit. CrossFitters in here? 185. There. You have a desire to do it. Okay, okay. I know my sister-in-law was doing it for, for a while. CrossFit is like a different breed, right? And, I, you know, I, I, I go to the gym. I just, I like strength training. And if I want to, I'll do cardio. But I don't want to have to be forced to do both at the same time. Um, and, and so I, I was, and I was talking to someone yesterday, um, Pastor, Pastor Maggie's son. And he's, he's a very avid CrossFitter. And I, he confirmed everything that I was thinking. And someone said on, on my podcast several weeks ago, they, uh, they used CrossFitters as like the example of a prime community. Community. He said CrossFitters are inseparable. They, they're always there for each other. If you don't have a ride to CrossFit, someone's going to pick you up. They'll meet you wherever you are in your level of, of, of CrossFit experience. And if, if it's your first time coming in the door, they're going to swarm you. All the people are going to be like, hey, man, we're going we're gonna to work with you. We're going to make sure that your goals are met, and we're going to push you to get you better. The way that people describe CrossFit should be the way that they describe the church. Inseparable. There for each other. 
If you don't have a ride, hey, I'm going to go get you. I'm going to go pick you up. If you're new to this, it's okay. Hey, come as you are. We're in this together. We're going to do everything that we can to make sure that you get discipled, right? Now, that seems appropriate for the Acts 2 church, but I was thinking about this. The, the, the 2019 church, we're a lot less like that small, that, that small local CrossFit uh, gym. We're more like a 24-hour fitness. How many of you guys have a 24-hour fitness membership? <laughs> I'm lifetime. I'm, I'm above that. Uh, <laughs> but like, like you, you know what I mean? Like, like a big fitness chain who doesn't, they don't really know you pers- personally. They just know you on a membership level. Like I'm, 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 I have gold status. That's my membership status at, at lifetime fitness. They just know you on a membership level. And as long as your account is active, meaning you pay every month, you can go as much or as little as you want. I know some people go once twice a year, you know, <laughs> but it's all good, you know, and no one's, no one's going to call you. They're not going to check on you. They're not going to make sure that you're still alive. As long as that payment keeps coming in, the only time they're going to call you is when there's an issue with your account, AKA they can't process your payment, right? That's, and that's, you think about that. That's not really a community. That's just a place that's there for your convenience. And, and last week we talked about unity as a church. This week we're talking about community. And I realized this week as I was preparing that you can't have community without first having unity. Before unity is required for community. You need people assembled together in one mind to have a community. And that is what we see in Acts chapter 2. They were a community because they were of one mind. They were always together. They broke bread with one another. They prayed for each other. They encouraged each other. They made each other better. And because of that unity, their community grew. The Bible says that as they were doing all this, the Lord added to their number daily. People were coming in wanting to be a part of the community. Our churches around the world, they need to be communal. They need to be inviting. They need need to be something that other people want to be a part of, man. So much so that, that people are willing to do some of the things for each other that the early church was doing for one another. And, and when I talk about this, please know that I don't just mean making the church more attractive, like with fluff, right? With more events and more activities and more fluff. That, that, that's, that's fine, but there needs to be a little bit more to that, right? Um, for example, Melissa and I, we, uh, we go look at houses a lot. It's kind of like our favorite pastimes is what we do if we're bored. You know, we're on Zillow and we're on the couch. We're like, hey, you want to go look at this house? And because she's a realtor... We can do that. We can go in any house that's on the market. It's, it's fun. And, and so a lot of times we do this, and, and we'll, we'll go to these really not super nice homes. Like one time we went into like a, a $2 million home, and uh, I walked in, and, you know, I was just like, all right. I, like, I whistled. Like, I can't whistle. Um, I don't know how I did it then. But <laughs> I can't whistle on command, I guess. I just got lucky that day. Um, but anyways, we walk into these really nice places that we'll, you know, we're not going to be able to afford. And sometimes we go into these really like these new development communities where they're trying to, to get people to, to live there. And, and you, you enter, right? You get into the entrance and you see all these signs. I don't know if you've ever been to like a new, uh, like a new construction area. You'll see all these signs that say stuff like dog park. We have an awesome dog park. We have Awesome playgrounds for, for your kids, miles of bike trails, awesome community pool, state-of-the-art gym. And I'm looking at all this, and I'm like, I'm telling Melissa, babe, we should, we should live here. 
This is not like this is the community that I want to be a part of. But what would what would happen if we actually moved into one of these communities only to discover that the people were terrible? What if the HOA made you regret ever buying that house? Man, that last that last house that we flipped, man. Oh man, that HOA that we dealt with, it was a nightmare. I, I feel like we had to we had to get everything approved. Like as much as you know, screwing in a light bulb, we had to get it approved first. What, what if the people didn't treat you right? The neighbors didn't treat you right? What if they let your dog just wander all over your lawn and, and use the restroom and not bother picking it up? What if, what if the whole neighborhood was rude? What if they blasted music you know, to, the, to the late hours of the night? All that stuff that made you want to be a part of that community, all that fluff would go out the window because the people made you not want to be a part of it. And we need to understand something as a church a community is not about what it has for the people. It is the people. That's what I'm going to say that again. A community is not about what it has for you. It is the people. That's what makes up the community. I was at the, I was at the mall the other day, not the other day, but before Easter, the day before Easter. And there was this woman uh, with her with her daughter. And she was she was like 12, 13 years old. And I just kind of overheard them talking. And the mom was like, uh, we have to we have to uh, pick out a, an outfit for you because we're going to go to church tomorrow. And the girl answered back in a very, very loud, very sassy, very like Layla like way. Uh, and she said she said to her mom, church. I don't want to go to church. She totally didn't want to go to church. And of course, as a pastor, I quickly got like really judgmental, like towards the mom. My first thought was like, it's probably because you only take her on Easter Sunday. And uh, I quickly rebuked myself. Right? I don't know. I don't know their situation. But our, our job as a church, listen, because I'm talking to you. Our job as a church is to be so into what we're doing here. So into, uh, in, into the, the presence of God. So in love with God. So present that our community becomes irresistible to the strangers that walk into those doors. That's what it's got to be about. That is the atmosphere, the, 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 the community that we need to create here. I would hate to hear someone say, Primera. I don't want to go primera. They're so boring. No one talks to me. I feel like no one likes me there. Think about when, when you invite someone to church. You're inviting, most of the time, someone who, who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. They're, Jesus isn't their friend. You're their friend. They're there for you, right? So the first thing that they're going to be exposed to is our community. And believe me, man, they, they're, they're asking questions. They're looking around. And they're, they're saying to themselves, does it look like the people that come here on a regular basis want to be here? Because if it doesn't look like they want to be here, why should I come back next week? Are, are, are people here kind to each other? Is this the place where I want to be connected with my family? They say that a first-time visitor will determine whether he or she will go back within the first 10 minutes of them visiting. First 10 minutes. We have to create a community church. Now, it, it's cool for us to have cool stuff. It's, it, it's, it's okay to have a little bit of fluff, man. I've been thinking like right here in this, in this fenced area, get like a, a playground for, for some of the kids. I think they'd really enjoy that. You know, some little picnic tables or something. We've been talking about getting like a per- permanent coffee station in the foyer. Amen. Right. Uh, I would like to revamp this entire facility and I'm believing that it's going to happen, but, but that's not what people are going to stay for. That might get them through the doors. And I know a lot of churches, they have this, like, this relaunch. And that, that's great, man. That might bring people into the door. But the people are what keeps people in the doors. The community. 
The early church, the Acts 2 church, they had one thing. They had people. They didn't have playgrounds. They didn't have fancy events. They just had people of the same mind. People encouraging each other. Praying for each other. Saying, man, if you need something, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that your needs are met because that's what we do for each other. We're brothers. We're sisters. And I love how, I love how this commentator, he's a great commentator, John MacArthur, he kind of goes through this whole passage and, uh, of what, what kind of church the Acts 2 church was. was. And I want to share some of this with you. And, and maybe you can kind of evaluate yourself and, and kind of see where we miss the mark. Um, this, this community was what the early church created. Verse 42, just going back there, it says, they devoted themselves. So number one, they were a devoted church. They were a devoted church. This was a community that was devoted to Christ. They were devoted to the gospel message. They were devoted to each other. Despite their differences, despite, you know, some sour apples here and there in the bunch that, that maybe you wanted to avoid every now and then because they, they, they were just too much. You know, some people are just like too much. Despite all of that, they were devoted to each other and to the greater whole. They devoted themselves to the mission of the church. And if you're a note taker, take some notes because this is, this is, this is exactly what, what the early church was. They were a devoted church. The next part says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. So they were a scriptural church. They were a biblical church. They were a church that preached truth. They were, they were gospel-centered. They were committed to the church. This was a time where the Bible wasn't as accessible to the church as it is to us. This was a time when many of the, the letters to the churches haven't, hadn't even been written yet by the apostles. This was just peop, people in the church were going based off of the words of the apostles because they knew that they had credibility because they were there with Jesus seeing everything. And so they had to really, really guard the truth and not let anyone in. Just because someone got behind the pulpit, it didn't mean that they were preaching truth. And I bet they were, they were probably, they questioned a lot of things that didn't sound accurate. They, they weren't, again, they weren't so quick to accept something as truth just because someone came as a self-proclaimed teacher or, or preacher. They probably exercised a lot of discernment because truth had to be preserved. They had to know the truth. So they were a devoted church. They were a scriptural church. Number three, the verse says, and to the fellowship. So they were a fellowshipping church. Can I just tell you this morning? Can I tell, you, tell someone this morning? You've got to have some Christians in your life. You've got to have Christians that you fellowship with 10 minutes before and after church. That doesn't do enough. It's not going to do enough, you know. And you have to surround yourself with people who are going to who are going to positively impact your life. I, I try to have, you know, lunch once a week with, you know, people who would influence my life or impact my life in a positive way, whether it be, you know, my, my leadership or my, my ministry or the way that I think about success or just like fitness, whatever it is, I try to surround myself with those people. But more importantly than any of that, I need people who are going to impact my spirit. People who are going to remind me, Ryan, that it's, it's, not, it's not all about all this other stuff. It's, it's about God. God alone deserves the glory. I need people that would make me want to be better for God's kingdom. I love hanging out with my, my, my Christian friends, man, because I, I look at their, their godly character. And a lot of times I see, man, I, I see their strengths where my weaknesses are. And it encourages me. 
I want, to, I want that to be a strength of mine. I want to, to be better in that regard because it's all, it's all for the kingdom of God. You need Christians in your life. They were a fellowshipping church. The next part, the passage continues, the breaking of the bread into the prayer. This tells us that this was a Christ-centered and praying church. They were a praying church. Can we say that we were a praying church? No, I, I, I didn't ask. My bad. I didn't ask for y'all to repeat me. I said, are we a praying church? My bad. Sorry. That was awkward. <laughs> Melissa says I mumble. I guess that's true. But ask yourself this morning, are we a praying church? I believe that we are. But are, are, you, are you praying at home? Because a praying church doesn't just pray at church. A praying church prays everywhere they are, wherever they go, in the darkness, in the church walls, outside of the church walls. And that's what this early church, they believed in the power of prayer. They believed that prayer could tackle issues harder than finances could. Harder than the most educated and the smartest people in the room could. They believed that despite what the doctors said, prayer can still make a difference. So they prayed. They prayed. Even when the hope was lost, they prayed. They believed. They went to prayer before they went to Google. They went to prayer before they went to the experts. Prayer was their priority. I believe, man, that the church today, man, we've, been, we've become so far removed from prayer because we have all these other resources that we can go to. Podcasts and books and Google and experts and gurus and YouTube. But the less we pray, the less we rely on God. The less we rely on God, the weaker our impact becomes. We have to be a community that prays. Praise without ceasing, not just praise on Sunday, not just praise during altar call. Praise, I mean, prayer is a lifestyle. Pray first, everything else second. So you're still with me, right? Verse 43 says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. They were an awestruck church. I got to admit, that one kind of, I felt a little conviction on this one. Because the early church, man, they were, they were amazed at what God was doing all the time. And they celebrated those things. Sometimes as Christians, especially Christians that have been, you know, have been walking in the faith for a long time, like myself, like I said, like almost 30 years, sometimes we get numb to the things that God is doing. And so we fail to recognize his glory because it's like, oh, yeah, another person got saved. I see that every Sunday. I, I, I wonder how many of us are actually celebrating and, and truly amazed when someone comes to Christ at, at what just happened. Some of us become numb. And, and, and when I become numb to, to the glories and the riches of God and I fail to recognize them, I have to repent. God, break me. Because I, I always want to be awestruck by you. Some of us, it, it's that or we're simply not paying attention to what God is doing to see what he's doing. But the early church, man, they stood awestruck at every miracle, every breakthrough, every healing, every wonder that God did through the apostles. And because they expected mighty things, listen to this, because they expected mighty things, mighty things happened. They were expectant. Verses 43 through 47 tells us that they were a sharing church. They were a sharing church. There was no sense of me versus them. It was just... It was us, the body. There was such a, a high level of generosity that, that when people went in 
with a need. They came out with that situation made a little bit better because the community suffered together. They rejoiced together. It wasn't just, well, you know, the, the youth ministry needs this. Oh, but the, min- the men's ministry asked first. It's more like, hey, we're going to figure this out together because we're a family. That's what families do. They were a sharing church. Verse 47 says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. They were a joyful and favored church. I want, I want to stay on this one for, for a second. When people joined their community, the people immediately felt the joy in the room. Can, can, you, can you say that about your household? If a stranger walks in, someone who doesn't know Christ, someone who doesn't have the joy of the Lord, when they walk into your home, do they feel a sense of joy? Or do they get this like really stressed out vibe? Or this like, this, this uh, kind of just lethargic and oh man, I don't even know if I want to be here. Or this obligatory vibe. Do, do people, when they come into our house, in, in, into, this, into this church, do they, get, do, they, do they sense joy first? Or do they sense a stressful vibe do they sense an obligatory vibe like all the people are here just because they have to be here it's sunday what is it the acts 2 church they were favored they were favored the bible says they were favored and and you, you you think about that and it might be it might be a little hard to see how they were favored because they were persecuted but god still favored them throughout their persecution god blessed them when, when you're doing the will of the Father, man, his favor is upon your life. Even if you don't see it, God is working. When, when you're in the middle of, of a storm and you're like, God, I don't even see you, but you, you know that that storm was placed by God, everything's going to be all right. You have the favor of the Lord, and you're going to see it immediately when you get out of that storm. And finally, the last verse, it says, and the Lord added to their number, Daily, those who were being saved. They were a growing church. Because of the community that they created, and because of the attitudes of the people, because of the unity, because of the presentness, because of the, de- the, the desire to be present, their community grew. Because people on the outside were looking in and said, man, I want to be a part of that. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on at Primera Iglesia, man. But, but when I see people walk out into the street, they, they walk out with a smile on their, their face. What are they doing in there? What are they talking about? What's going on? I, I, I'm curious. That's the community that we need to create, church. And I know that this body, if we, if we follow the Acts 2 model, we can create a community that reflects the early church. And we too will see the favor of God. We will see more lives saved, people healed, more miracles happen, and more growth in the kingdom of God. But we need to be of a holy community. We need to be of a holy community. What kind of community are we creating here at our church? I want you to ask yourself that this this morning. What kind of community are you creating for this church? Are you, are you praying for, for your brothers and sisters in here? Are you praying for, for each other? Do you seek to be there for this community? Or are you just looking for someone to be there for you? Are you only looking for someone to pray for you? Someone to go and visit you when you're sick? Are you making the community about you or are you making you about the community? Unfortunately, many churches 
have done the former. But the Acts 2 church, they did the latter. They made themselves about the community. What can I do for the kingdom of God? And that's the community that I believe people will want to be a part of when they see it. We just have to create it here. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Amen. I'm going to ask you, church, come on, can we step forward? Let's step forward together. And let's begin to pray for this church. I want to be very intentional during this series with our altar calls. Last week we prayed for each other as individuals. Today I want us to pray for just the entire community. This this community, this church body as, as a whole. That we may begin to see God move like, like, like he did in the Acts 2 days. Where the Holy Spirit came upon the church and, and all of them went out proclaiming the gospel, winning people for Christ. That's what we want to see here. We want this community to be one, Lord, that you desire for us to be. Come on, church, right there where you're at. Begin to just lift up your voice in prayer and begin to pray for this body, this church, this community, that we we be in line with, with God's will. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.